Welcome back to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James. Now, first off, an apology. To my regular listeners who expect a podcast episode to drop every Friday morning, I am really sorry because last week didn't happen. And it didn't happen for a multitude of different reasons. Essentially, I had a couple of podcasts lined up for that week and the week before, which for whatever reason, schedule conflicts and so on, they got cancelled. So I didn't have any in the bag to go live with. And then on Friday, my wife went into labor three weeks ahead of schedule, and my baby daughter has arrived, Gracie Lynn, or G-Bomb, or G-Funk, or G.G. McGee. She has a whole host of nicknames already. It's absolutely hilarious, and she is good as gold, because right now, she is asleep downstairs while my boys are out, and I'm here recording another podcast. So I'm not flying solo this week. I have a guest joining me. His name is René. He's from Europe, and uh, he's a Dutchman. And some of you may already know him. If you follow the Instagram account, Dutch911, he's the man behind the magic black, beautiful 997. We're going to have René on talking about his passion for Porsches, why he started up his Instagram account, what have his experience have been so far with the Porsche community, and anything else we fancy getting into. Plus, I love people from Holland. I don't want to play favorites over in Europe, but I have a lot of Dutch friends. I work with a couple of Dutchmen over here. I grew up playing with Dutch kids on campsites when my family used to go and visit Europe in the summer. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Holland. So this is a really exciting opportunity to get somebody onto my podcast. And if you're a fan of Austin Powers, there's a great Dr. Evil line from the Goldmember movie, which always has me giggling. Take him away! Uh, uh, Dr. Evil, can I paint as you who gold? It's kind of my thing, you know. How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? So with that, let's get René onto the podcast and get into this. Hey, well, it's really great speaking with you, René. It's been, uh, it's been what, a couple of months? Maybe even longer now since you set up your Instagram account. Um, it's been... It's been at least a few months since I've come across you, um, but I'm really enjoying your content, and I'm really glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, I think I started my Instagram around February, mm-hmm. and it kind of hit off uh, quite rapidly. Um, I'm over 1,250 subscribers now, so don't know what I'm doing right, but I must be doing something right. I think so, and I'll just I'll just tell you right now, I'm not happy with you. Because I've been on Instagram for like three years, and I, you've got more subscribers than I do on Instagram. <laughs> well, I, I, I always try to help you, James. Whenever you put, it, put out content, I always sponsor you. So I appreciate it. I've noticed. I, yeah, I am very grateful. Because I, I really enjoy the content you make. Well, thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, my, my YouTube game seems to be really strong, but my, my Instagram game, I just, I don't know. What I do like about Instagram, though, is that the people that follow me uh, are very communicative. You know, there's lots of comments, there's lots of banter, yep. um, as opposed to there just being, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that I will probably never interact with. Uh, and so that, that's what I kind of love about that. Uh, the whole, well, the whole community, basically, the YouTube, the comments on the videos, the uh, the comments on my Instagram. Um, now, I've been at this game, the grind of making YouTube videos and content for a couple of years now. Is this Is this your first venture into the content world? 
It is, it is, yeah, yeah. And it all started off because I finally got my Porsche last year. So that made me start out with the Instagram. Of course, I had a personal Instagram, but that was just merely for some holiday pictures and stuff like that, keeping in touch with friends. Right. But now I thought I've made it more um, professional. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I find the same thing that, that you find. It's, it's a very open community. People are very willing to help out, to react, to, to respond. Um, and you see a lot of great people there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are connected to lots of people, um, uh, same for you as for me. And, and there are a lot of great people out there. Always, always open to help. Um, yeah. Andy, Lars Rasp. Yeah. One of the great guys. Jay, of course. Mr. Jay Reed, yes. The troublemaker yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also people like uh, Red Enthusiast, Nine uh, Eleven mm-hmm. South. Yeah, it's all great people there. Yeah, yeah. I it's it's one of the reasons why I've been sort of trying to push um, my collaboration efforts as much as I have been this year and and last year to a certain degree because um, it's it's fun you know sort of following the same people and commenting on the same photos. Uh, but I've really enjoyed making a couple of videos with Jay this year and making some podcasts with Andy. Um, Last year, I collaborated quite a bit with Michael Bath on the Porsche. I did one Porsche cooled episode, and and uh, we've done a couple of Instagram lives. Um, I'm hoping to uh, to get hold of Michael a bit more now he's back in the UK. But yeah, it seems to be this. It, it's a huge community, but it's a very small world at the same time. There are so many times I look yeah. at photos and I can see that you've already liked them before I have, or someone like Lee Sibley <laughs> has already liked them before I have. <laughs> Well, that, that's not a great guy and great content also. Uh, I think that was one of the first YouTube channels I think I followed, that 9-11 guy. Yeah. Um, and, and he makes some awesome content. Oh, he does. He really does. And I think, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have passion, you've got to have knowledge, but you've also got to have access to cars and access to people in the industry. And, and Lee's got all three of those things. Plus, he's such a nice guy. So his content is interesting. It's enjoyable. And you relate to him because he, he's just, yeah, he's such a cool guy. Yeah, he is. He is. And you forget one important item. you got, you got to have time. Well, yes, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> because I often think when I see all the content you put out, how you do it, um, also, driving your Porsche, having work, having a family, having a new kid, YouTube, Instagram, podcasts. Yeah. Um, I just don't respect. sleep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I guess I just don't sleep, and maybe I'm going crazy as a, as a product of it. Now, so you drive a beautiful black 997, and is this your first Porsche, your first Porsche in your life? It is, it is, um, and I bought it quite a bit later than I hoped I would do, um, because from my youth, I always said I have to be uh, a Porsche driver by at least the age of 50. Okay. Well, that didn't work. Um, <laughs> I was 50, 53 last year when I bought it. Okay. Um, and I must say, um, and that's a bit of a personal side, uh, I might not have bought it if my year wasn't so crazy last year because last year I lost my uh, younger sister. Oh, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. And um, we had a great connection and uh, I always talked about uh, the Porsche also with her. Mm-hmm. And what she said in, 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 in her final weeks, Renee, please do it because you'll regret it if you don't. Yeah. And that's exactly the moment that I did it and I bought my Porsche and 
I haven't regretted for a single second. Good on you. Good on you. Yeah, life is short. It that, is. That's it fantastic. Is. That's really fantastic. Yeah. So you, yeah. You, you drive that car and you think about your sister, I imagine, as you're driving from time to time, if not all um, the time. Uh, lots of the time I do. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's she, really she's special. She's always on my mind. But yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, I must say, um, um, driving the Porsche, um, of course, you fantasize about it when you think about driving a Porsche once. Sure. And I drove a Porsche of a friend uh, a couple of years ago, uh, a 993, which I really loved. Mm-hmm. But I also found it a little bit uh, too Spartan for me. Okay. Um, so that's why I, th- I said, well, um, at least 996, but hopefully a 997. Yeah. Um, and uh, a 997 Carrera as it, it became. Right, right. Well, that's fantastic. Now, I've got to ask you a very important question, at least for me, uh, before we start talking more about your car. But And, and a bit of background for, 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 me, for you, but also anyone listening. Um, growing up in England and having two parents that were teachers, we used to spend most of our summers uh, camping all around Europe. And we would go to campsites in France and Germany and Austria and Belgium and and, and and the Netherlands. And over the course of being, you know, five years old all the way through to being 18 years old, every summer I made a whole load of friends in all of those different countries. So I felt like I grew up with a very sort of a European a very European twist to my to my uh, to my youth, um, and of course, we all know that not just over the past fifty years with football or a hundred years with cultural clashes or five hundred years, there's always been rivalry between the European countries. Um, when the Eng- when the English play, you know, the French or whether it's football or rugby, there's always that little bit of extra, little bit of edge in competition. The question I've got to ask you, because sometimes people ask me, in fact, I've got family in Germany, what's it like driving a German car as a Dutchman? (laughs) 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 I've got to ask, I've got to know, because you you live closer to Germany than I used to. Let me me put it this way, James. It's not as bad as a German guy riding a Dutch bicycle. I have no problem at all with driving German cars. To be quite honest, the last 15 years, I've only driven German cars anyway. Yeah, me too, actually, so, pretty much. Yeah, I had an Audi, uh, I had a BMW, I had a Volkswagen. So those were all, all German cars anyway. So why yeah. not pick the best? Absolutely, exactly. Why not pick the best? And that is Porsche for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. Like, I mean, I started off. I had a a, a very you know old and rusty um, Ford Fiesta. But as soon as I um, was in a position to buy myself any kind of car that um, you know I was going to appreciate, I had a uh, like a second hand C class Mercedes, and I had a a third hand uh, CLK Mercedes when I was still living in the UK. Um, this is just something about the German cars, isn't it? It's the architecture, it's the designs, the engineering. Um, they're not quite as as uh, flashy as the Italian cars and, and other cars from around the world. Uh, but yeah, there you go. A Dutchman driving a German car, I love it. And well, I'm I'm an Englishman driving a German car as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in, in the US. <laughs> in the US as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your car then. You got a, a 997. What? Tell tell everybody listening. The spec, the color, you know, so what sort of options do you have in it? What do you like about it the most? 
Okay, well, it's um, it's a, a, a 997.1, um, 2005 model. Um, it's basalt black. And I must say, I really love the color. I had mm -hmm. it uh, polished and glass coated, and that made the color pop out. It nearly some, sometimes looked a little bit purple mm -hmm. in, uh, in the sun. Okay. And um, I bought it at a poor specialist here in the Netherlands. Um, uh, well, a very well-known one. There are a few in the Netherlands that okay. are well-known, and you know for sure that you have a good car. Um, and this one had 157,000 kilometers. Okay. I don't know how much that is in miles, probably around 100. Uh, yeah, maybe 110, something like that. But, it's, you know, relatively speaking, it's quite a high, mi high mileage 997, yeah. Yeah, but, but I must say um, only uh, 57 of those were with this engine. Okay. Because it got a new engine in 2010 with oh. 100,000 kilometers on it. Okay. So it's a new engine with the new IMS, so uh, no worries there. Oh, that's good. So you've got yourself a, uh, a bulletproof engine in your 997. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I bought it, I uh, had some things replaced. Um, the condensers were quite old, so I had new condensers placed left and right. You know how they yep. age with all the leaves and stuff. Yeah. Um, I found out when I just was just driving that the oil pressure wasn't uh, sensing the right uh, pressure, so I had a new oil pressure put in, mm -hmm. um, which they did for a ridiculously uh, low uh, amount of money because they felt it was their problem as well, so that was good. Uh, and that's quite common on the 996s and the 997s, that oil pressure sensor malfunction, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So once you see that the oil pressure keeps at 5, whatever you do, you know it's it's wrong, and you hope that it's the oil sensor. Yeah. And it is, <laughs> yeah. usually. Mm-hmm. So what I also had done was I found a little leak at the water pump. Um, so I did the cool modification. Um, so mm -hmm. the turbo water pump yep. with the low temp uh, thermostat. So I did the whole package and also the hoses and stuff. I did it right at the same time. Okay. So those, those were the main mechanical things I did. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's really um, a great machine now. And I did some mods that I really wanted to do. So I did the uh, retrimmed steering wheel. Oh, very nice. Where did you uh, go to get that done? Um, there's a, a, a company called uh, Royal uh, Steering Wheels in the UK. Okay. And they do a really excellent job. And what they do is um, you can send out your own steering wheel and they refurbish it mm -hmm. uh, to the specs that you want. Or you can uh, get a steering wheel from them, same spec as you have, and then they send it to you and you send your wheel back so they can refurbish that for another guy uh, or for another person again. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and it was ridiculously, uh, for my uh, taste, really Porsche, uh, a low amount because I got the whole steering wheel done for roughly $250. No way. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it's really, really nice. My poor specialist, he also goes to the same company now because the quality is great. Wow. I might have to look him up because I, I quite fancy um, redoing the leather on my 991 steering wheel and maybe add yeah. some leather here and there as well. But, I mean, that's the start of a very deep pit of money when you start adding leather to your car. But I think the steering wheel, because you touch it all the time, um, that's yeah. very important to have right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I can send you the link after the after the, the podcast. Yeah, thank uh, you. Um, 
But um, yeah, they do it to your own spec. So um, you have the 12 o'clock trim in red for my car. I had perforated le- perforated leather on the sides, mm-hmm. soft leather top and bottom, a little thicker on the thumbs. So you can give your own specs, and nice. it turns out really nice. Very cool. Any deviated stitching or anything anything like that? Uh, the same stitching as in the rest of the interior, so the light gray. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. And I also had the um, uh, seat belts done in red. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah. We're, we're, we're part of that same club. Yeah. 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 The only thing I miss is carbon, James. I, I miss carbon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to announce that I am shortly going to be launching my own brand of auto amateur carbon fiber wallets. Really? <laughs> I am. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody that's Ooh. back, anyone that's backed me up on an Instagram post or a YouTube video to 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 show their support for my carbon fiber is going to get one for free. I'm going to say that right really? now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's cool yeah yeah i'm hoping that's going to come out in the next uh month or so but yeah carbon fiber i mean you know people love it people hate it uh i i I think it's fantastic so if you can get yourself some carbon fiber ma carbon i think or is it db carbon based in germany um they can probably get you whatever you need renee okay okay well if you can send me that link i um, will yeah let, let me know let me know so now holland is very flat how do you uh how do you satisfy the uh the need for interesting driving. I imagine if it's anything like the other countries I've, I've spent a lot of time in, you can get yourself out into the countryside and find some really nice twisty roads. But wh- where do you where do you go to drive in such a flat country? Um, yeah, that, that's what you do. You try you try and find the uh, the uh, the more quiet and and twisty roads. Um, so. Um, there are a lot of countrysides in the Netherlands that you can go. Also to uh, the south of uh, uh, the Netherlands, where it gets a little more—I wouldn't say mountains because they're not mountains, but more hilly. Yeah. Um, and and that, those are great, great uh, uh, places to drive. Um, and what I would love to do is take the car out to, say, Italy for a holiday. Oh yeah. Yeah, that would be I fantastic. I have one holiday coming up in Italy in October. Hoping that COVID uh, yeah. doesn't uh, uh, prevent it, but um, I, I would love to take the car to Italy, drive through Germany, yeah. get some speed there, <laughs> and then uh, through the twisty roads and the mountains of Austria, yeah. into the mountains of Italy, across the lakes. Beautiful. So that would be a great trip. Yeah, that's incredible. Absolutely phenomenal. I've done a bit of that route, but in my Mercedes. Well, I'm, I'm quite jealous if I if I look at the options that you have in the U.S. for taking a trip. Um, and I really loved the, the, the trip that you did uh, to the Dragon's Tale, So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I did have to drive 15 hours to get there, which in I was just talking to Jay about this the other day, you know, because we're both from England. In relative terms, that's like deciding to drive from Liverpool, where I'm from, to the south of yeah. France and back in a day. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine driving like from where yeah, you no. are to the south of France and yeah. back in one trip? <laughs> no, 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 not, not 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 from where I am because every, everything is is relatively close, especially the Netherlands. But I think yeah. you're used to distances more in the in the US anyway. 
I think so now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, th there are some really nice roads around uh, in my sort of area in, in Minnesota, up and down the, um, the, the, the valley that the Mississippi cuts for us with all of the bluffs. And uh, yeah, there are, there's some nice driving roads and we have so many different um, sort of different landscapes, you know, from the desert to the plains to uh, the mountains. Yeah. It's, there's, you can find a lot of driving, but then, you know, I see photos of, um, of Lee Sibley going over for, you know, a total 9-11 shoot in uh, whichever Porsche he's got his hands on for the week. And he's driving through those beautiful mountain roads, wherever they are in France and Germany. And I just salivate thinking about going back to those roads. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're in, are you in Rotterdam? Is that right? I am in Rotterdam. Yes. Okay. So to get to Germany from where you are to go for a spin on the Autobahn, you're probably looking at about three or four hours drive. Is that right? Or is it longer than that? To get to Germany? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm there in one and a half hours. Oh, there you go. So that's all you need to do. Every Sunday morning, get on the Autobahn, blaze away and then come home. Yeah. And of course, you know that not all roads are have uh, no speed limits in in, the, in Germany. There are a, a few roads, um, and luckily, one of the roads coming from the Netherlands into Germany is one of those roads oh, really? where there's no speed limit. Very good. So I need to take the uh, I need to take the Porsche there and see what it can do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the last time I was in Germany about eighteen months ago for my godson's wedding. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't rent a 911 from Amsterdam Airport from Hertz because they didn't have any available. So I ended up in a Jaguar. And uh, that, that was fun driving uh, over to, to the wedding. He lives in the almost like almost to the, um, the North Sea in the northern most northern part of Germany. Um, okay. But uh, I have to say the only countries in Europe where I've got speeding tickets, outside of the UK in my teenage years, <laughs> um, is, uh, is in Germany. Ironically enough, because uh, just for that matter, because I, you know, you're on one road and, and for a minute there's no speed limit. And then the next time you're on a road which looks very similar, but there is a speed limit and the German police yep. are right up behind you, pulling you over straight away. So unfortunately, that's where I've uh, collected a few points in my, my European travels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was hoping to travel through uh, Germany uh, in July uh, because uh, with a few friends, we always go to the uh, Formula One in mm. austria yeah but we are going with three people and in a 997 with three adults <laughs> so yeah unfortunately i have to take another car well you could play um rock paper scissors and whoever loses gets to sit in the frunk <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit more space in that but may i ask you uh, one question james of course because you've driven a 997 and you're driving a 991.1 now. Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, um, I think in the future, um, because I, I think I'm going to drive a little bit more than I thought, and it, I, I might make it a daily, uh, so I might in the future trade it in for a 991. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the difference, 997, 991? Ooh, that's, um, that's a great question. I think... Uh... As far as comfort goes as a daily driver, the 991 is definitely the way to go. It's uh, it's more spacious without being too big. Um, the seat feels a lot lower to the ground. You get much more of that sort of racing car feel because you, you are lower to the ground. The seats are thinner, um, even though they're, they're still comfortable. Um, the engines are typically more reliable. Um, 
they're faster and more powerful. Even the base Carrera is, uh, you know, you get an extra sort of 25 horses above the base uh, equivalent in the 997 range. But um, so I think mechanically it makes sense to go for the 991. I think for comfort and certainly creature comforts like air-cooled seats and heated steering wheels and all that sort of stuff um, and the the PCM, etc. cetera, uh, I think the 991 makes a lot of sense. But the 997 is one of those almost perfect 911s in my opinion because it yes there it did have the at least the first generation it did have the IMS challenge um but it still has that very mechanical analog feel to it when you drive and you you turn the wheel and uh, whether you're going slow or fast um i felt i feel much more connected emotionally and physically to my 997 than i than i ever have done to my 991 um so it, it depends what you're looking for, I would say. If you, if you want a more comfortable, more reliable, um, and maybe a little bit more exciting daily driver, go for the 991. If you want that sort of, I would say, more pure 911 experience, and you want to keep hold of a potential future classic, stick with your 997. Especially if it's, yeah, had, yeah. Especially if it's had the IMS done. Yeah, yeah, well... Uh, in the perfect world, I would have done both. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> I, I don't even have enough uh, money to put in uh, your carbon uh, wallet, so um, <laughs> I, have to make, I have to make choices. Um, and for me, um, uh, the 991 first generation would be the only one to go to because it's naturally aspirated still. Yeah, and I, I really love that sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the turbo has all its advantages. Uh, but um, yeah, I really love the sound of the naturally aspirated, so it would be the 991.1. Yeah. And for the 992, it's simply just too big for me. It definitely has gotten bigger from generation to generation. Even my 991 sat next to a 992 the other day. You can visibly see the the increase in size, even though we're still talking yeah. inches. You know, we're not talking much more than that. Um, yeah, they, it, it is bigger. And I, I'm with you on the naturally aspirated engine. Having said that, though, um, the second generation 991 with the turbocharged engines, I wasn't particularly thrilled by those. But I've driven a couple of turbocharged 992s now with the sports exhaust, and um, it's still not as good as naturally aspirated, or it's it's not the same. But you get a much more sort of visceral experience. You you get more. You get more noise. You get more grunt when you're accelerating with that sports exhaust. Um, but yeah, if the 992 is too big, then uh, I don't know. I think I think you're gonna need to try and find a way to win the Euro lottery and get yourself t- <laughs> two 911s. <laughs> yeah, in a, in an ideal world, James. I know my my granddad and my nan when they were still alive. They played the Euro Millions every time, as well as playing the National Lottery in the UK. And they always said, you know, if they ever won, they were going to buy me my uh, my dream sports car or whatever it was. Um, but there was one condition. I had to stay in Liverpool because they didn't want me moving away from Liverpool. <laughs> so I, I think about the lottery. That, that, that always makes me think about my, my grandparents, Grandad Jim and Grandad Dolly. So tell us a little bit about your, um, your Instagram. So you're at... Dutch 911. You got an epic logo, by the way. I, I really like your logo. Did you come up with that yourself, or did you get somebody to uh, create that for you? Um, well, if you have followed my Instagram, you've seen that it slightly changed about a mm-hmm. month ago. Um, the first one I did myself, 
The second one, I had a friend who does uh, graphic design. Okay. Uh, uh, have a look at it. And she came up with a little tweaked version. But what I love is the mix of orange, which is Dutch, of course, together of course. with the, uh, the, 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 the black and gray. Um, I think it's an excellent combination. So, um, and I made the second version uh, resemble the, the Porsche crest a little more. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. I like it. I like it a lot. So yeah, you got you got some help for the newer one then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's your plan with Instagram? Do you you know for for viewers, are you posting primarily about your car? Are you posting you know? Do you go to a lot of car events and post a lot about car culture? Um, you know, is is your Instagram just a more of a sort of scrapbook of of any time you get in your car, you want to take a quick snap of it? Do you, do you have sort of a plan for your Instagram? Or is it just to be part of the community and, and share what you share? Um, well, if uh, my, my Instagram is mainly for sharing the pictures of my Porsche. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've shared one or two other ones. Um, one where Magnus Walker was in Rotterdam a few years ago. Uh, and one from a uh, rec watch, which I, which I got, which is based on Porsche. Yep. But it's mainly about my my Porsche and just sharing the pictures and, and my stories around my Porsche. Um, and have I got a plan? Not really. Um, <laughs> I just go with the flow. I like um, it. And, and, and see what happens. Yeah. So there's, like there's, there's no real plan behind it. It all started, started just by sharing my enthusiasm for uh, uh, the Porsche. Yeah. And also getting in touch with other people uh, around Porsche. Because what I find is that if you have a question and you DM someone, you get a response and they help you. So yeah. it's, it's a great way to build a community, just to yeah. get in touch with other people and see what other people do. Uh, also get inspiration by what other people do to their Porsches. Yeah. So it's, it's, not mainly, it's not mainly sending, it's also receiving for me. Yeah, no, I, li- I like that. And I, I get very similar sort of uh, satisfaction from Instagram in the same way. Now, over here, yeah. you know, Porsche community is online, but it's also very much local. So we have cars and coffee events. We have our little Porsches and pancakes group. And from what I understand, pretty much everybody in most states have some form of connection to a, a, a driving group, whether it's Porsche yep. Club of America or what have you. Um, what does the Porsche community look like where you are? Do you have... Um, do you have similar kind of cars and coffee events or uh, friends that you go, you know, on regular yeah, drives yeah. with, anything like that? What does that look like? Yeah, you, you have two uh, sort of more formal Porsche clubs in the Netherlands, Porsche Club Holland and uh, Porsche in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't join them. I join more the people who just love to come together and drive uh, uh, different routes and, and just meet up for cars and coffee like you do. Yeah. I must say Corona... Um, makes it a little bit hard now to meet up with people and have drives because we have right. quite strict rules in the Netherlands at the moment still. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am part of the uh, a community uh, called the Southwest Car Club, which is in the southwest of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And we came together, I think, two or three weeks ago. I think I posted one picture on my Instagram of a meet with some Porsches. There were about 15 or 20 Porsches there. So it was quite small because we couldn't do it with a, gr- with a big group. Right. Um, so that's a shame, but that's another thing I noticed when I came on Instagram with my Porsche, you get so many invitations for all kinds of car groups and meets and Porsche and, and tours, and also with other car drivers, not per, uh, per se Porsche. 
So people try to connect with you and they want you to join them with their, their drives. I don't know if it's the same in the US, but I get yeah. all sorts of invitations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like <laughs> well, I think everybody just becomes parts of everybody's group because it's a global sort of community. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I was invited to like a, I don't know, um, there was a, a Porsche group in Australia, probably because I've been liking a lot of Andy's posts uh, on the last rasp. Um, I even got invited to a group in, it was either Venezuela or somewhere like that in Central America. Um, but it's awesome, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, there, there are downsides to globalization, but as far as just sort of making connection with like-minded people from other countries, other backgrounds all around the world, um, I think it's fantastic. It's just, just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I like. And, and also, if we didn't have Instagram and internet, we would be chatting now as well. So it, it's exactly. great to meet people that you don't run into in everyday life exactly yeah no exactly and 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 the and the, lo the last time we were online uh, i think it was with one of your youtube live videos yeah um i think we got the uh idea uh when COVID is over that i come over to the us and he mm -hmm. comes over and we do a drive uh in the us so i think we gotta stick to that plan Hey, I'm game. Yeah, let's just make that happen. As soon as uh, the travel restrictions come up, you tell me when you want to come and we'll we'll make that happen. Um, sure. Which is interesting you say that because I was, you know, sort of last topic as we as we approach the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. I, I always like to ask people what their plans are for the year, whether it's drives or, um, you know, working on their cars. You already mentioned, you know, in October, you're potentially going to go to uh, to Italy. But what else is on your uh, mind for, for your Porsche and you over the next uh, six months or so? Um, it's uh, not not much work anymore, but because I think all the work that I wanted to do and, and needed to be done is done now uh, with yeah. all the stuff that I've done in the past half year. So it's mainly driving, enjoying the Porsche. Mm -hmm. I have a wedding in the north of uh, uh, the Netherlands in August, um, and I make a weekend out of that as well because that's about a 200 kilometer drive, mm -hmm. 220. Yeah. So I'll make a nice weekend out of that. Um, we're going to the east of the Netherlands next weekend with the Porsche, taking the weekend out. So uh, taking the long drive there, taking a hotel and just enjoy and, and driving around the countryside. Very nice. So it's, it's mainly driving, getting mm -hmm. as much driving as possible. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot of opportunities for taking nice photos of, of scenic destinations. I try and do that and post them on my Instagram, uh, James. That's right. You can, as you, you can follow my trips. <laughs> I will as you continue <laughs> to accelerate away from me with your uh, growing subscriber base. <laughs> well, Rene, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was really nice talking with you at last, uh, you know, sort of face-to-face, -face, if you will, as opposed to uh, just on Instagram. Um, I'd love yeah. to have you back on another time, maybe after you've done a couple of these trips and uh, we can share some driving stories. But I wish you all the best and uh, I hope your uh, Instagram slows down so I can catch you up, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for the invitation, uh, James. Uh, the pleasure was all mine. And of course, uh, open to any other uh, in, uh, podcast in, in the future. Thank Maybe you. if I trade in my 997 or 991, we do it again. And I'll let hey. you know my view on it. Done. Sold. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. <laughs> cool. Thank you.
Well, that's it for another episode, guys. Big thank you to Rene at Dutch911 for joining the podcast. I feel like the cultural quotient of this podcast has just skyrocketed having somebody from the Netherlands on. Another country to check off from around the world. If you are listening to this podcast, if you want to be part of this podcast, please drop me a line at contact at autoamateur.com or on any of my videos. If you can converse in a language that I speak, which is English, bad English, a little bit of French, or a little bit of German, then let's talk. It will be a lot of fun to have you on this podcast. Take care, guys. More content coming soon. And most importantly, get out and drive. Bye.